This is Giant Electric Penguin, and I am your intrepid host, Matt. Hi, how you doing? This is episode 20 of Giant Electric Penguin. And first, right up top, I want to give a birthday shout out to my boy Grimace. You guys know Grimace. He's Ronald McDonald's buddy. Today is his birthday. So celebrate Grimace's birthday. Head out to McDonald's and grab a Grimace meal. Grimace's birthday meal, it's called. It's only 1,490 calories. Come on, it's Grimace's birthday. If you can't splurge on Grimace's birthday, when can you splurge? Uh, The meal comes with a Big Mac, medium fries, and a medium Grimace's birthday shake, which I'm sure is just the most delicious liquid type substance you've ever put in your mouth. Uh, I know a lot of people have already talked about this. It's been a topic of conversation almost endlessly. Uh, you know, what is Grimace? So I don't want to bore all of you by doing a like deep dive on Grimace. That's not going to be episode 20 of Giant Electric Penguin. But I am curious, what is Grimace supposed to be? I'm going to tell you my honest-to-God theory. Uh, I've always thought that Grimace was... A butt plug. To be to be more specific, Ronald's favorite butt plug uh, brought to life by by who I don't know. Uh, perhaps a blue fairy type character, uh, you know, like Pinocchio, or maybe I don't know. Ronald's in league with the devil. A lot of people out there think clowns are in league with the devil. I don't. I think that's very childish to think that clowns are evil and to be scared of clowns. Um, if, if you are scared of clowns or you believe that clowns are evil, I, I rebuke you. <laughs> I don't know what Pastor Vlad would say. I feel like Pastor Vlad would be anti-clown because it's someone hiding it's someone hiding their, their appearance. They're hiding their intentions, which means uh, possibly their intentions toward you are negative. Now, I think Ronald McDonald, you could argue that. I think his intentions toward mankind are good. He's like, here's my delicious burgers. Here's my delicious chicken nuggets. Here's a purple shake. I don't know. I got to look deeper into that. Uh, You know, enjoy my food. It makes you feel good. You know, in your brain, the chemicals hit your brain. You're like, ooh, yay. So you kind of ignore what you're eating. But you could argue that also Ronald is hiding his true intentions from you. His true intentions are to give you heart disease and diabetes and things like that. But all in all, I think Ronald's a good guy. He's a great guy. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen him involved in any sort of controversy. Maybe we have to look deeper into that. Again, like I said, I don't care that it's Grimace's birthday. I do care. I'm excited that it's Grimace's birthday. But this is, that's not what this episode's about, okay? We're not, you know, we're not doing that. We're not deep diving into Grimace. I know, I know someone out there is crying into their purple Grimace birthday shake. And all they've been waiting for. They're like, oh, I know Matt's going to one day do a Grimace episode. It's true. There could be a full-on Grimace episode. And I don't don't know if there's a better time than his birthday. But we have things to do in this 20th episode of the podcast. Very important things to talk about. But up top. Anyway, Grimace, butt plug. I thought he was Ronald's favorite butt plug. I would think Ronald has a collection of them. He's a fan of them because there's nothing wrong. Uh, with being a fan of butt plugs. And then one day the Grimace butt, fl- butt plug came to life 
Uh, and uh, Ronald heard his muffled voice, his muffled cries for friendship, and he, he removed the butt plug as one does, and there was Grimace. And he grew to human size, and they've been buddies ever since. Now that's, you could say that, that those are the ramblings of a, of a uh, pervert, <laughs> and he wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> but it seems that this question's been asked by many people, and McDonald's may have actually uh, re- responded may have actually revealed this once in, in, a, in a Twitter exchange they had back in 2014. And it looks like they, they might have said that Grimace is a swollen purple taste bud, which that sounds gross. Another idea is that he's like a drop of milkshake himself. Like he's a, 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 a you know, like a living anthropomorphic drop of milkshake, like a giant drop of milkshake, which is that's utterly ridiculous. He is kind of shaped like a teardrop. Uh, oh, here we go. I was curious as to what the flavor of this Grimace shape is. And uh, so you're not going in and, you know, you, you might ask someone at McDonald's and they might just give you the, the glib answer. Well, it's purple. It's purple flavored. That's no kind of answer. Uh, according to Food Network, the purple Grimace birthday shake tastes like sweet berry cereal milk. So I just vomited a little bit in my mouth. <laughs> you couldn't hear it because I leaned back from the microphone. But I I don't know. Maybe you think this is a waste of milk. But when I eat cereal, which it's a rarity now. But when I do, if I'm, if I'm eating a cereal that turns the milk a different color, and usually that's when, I, you know, that's when you're eating a, a, a cereal for children. But we all kind of enjoy a childish cereal from time to time. I do. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and lie. Sometimes I like a, a, a cereal that turns my milk a different color, but I'm not going to drink that milk. You know, even if the cereal doesn't turn the milk another color, not, I'm not going to drink it. It's just, it's gross to me. So I will not be having a Grimace purple shake. There's other ways you can celebrate Grimace's birthday. You might put up your McDonald's tree. That might be a good idea, like a McDonald's tree. You know, Grimace originally was a bad guy. And he would, I guess he'd break into McDonald's and he'd steal your, he'd steal your Coke or he'd steal your shake. He'd be like, give me that Diet Coke, you bastard. And he'd run away with it and, and Ronald would just be beside him. So, oh, this, this, this monster. Oh, I, I, I just wish he would calm down. I wish he would t- stop touching people's beverages and shakes. And eventually, I guess maybe they sat down and had a talk. Maybe they went to family counseling, but eventually Grimace became... A uh, the friendly, swollen taste bud we all know and love today, and uh, according to this Wikipedia article on McDonald Land, uh, the Hamburglar, it says here the Hamburglar was also originally a villain, but now he's kind of lo- a lovable rogue character. I, I kind of thought the Hamburglar was still a villain. Like burglars are, are, you know, they're breaking the law, so they're bad guys, they're villains, but. I guess I guess you could compare him to like a love a lovable rogue kind of like uh, you know that what's that Netflix's character uh, Jeffrey Dahmer yeah that's it Hamburglar and Jeffrey Dahmer two lovable rogues anyway it's Grimace's birthday celebrate eat a eat a hamburger drink a purple drink a purple shake have fun and uh, <laughs> happy birthday Grimace we we tip a tip of the hat to you. Grimace. 
I thought of another explanation as to what Grimace might be. I mentioned he was kind of shaped like a like a teardrop. What if what if what if uh, God, the first time God had a quarter pounder with cheese from McDonald's, he 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 took a bite out of it and he just went, "This is so so good," and like a tear came to his eye and dropped out and fell to earth. And Grimace is God's tear. Grimace is basically an angel from heaven. Anyway, that's just a theory. The world may never know, but he's probably a swollen taste bud. I feel like if you have a swollen purple taste bud, it's like some sort of blood clot. (laughs) You should get it checked out. Anyway, every 10 episodes of Giant Electric Penguin, we do something I like to call follow-ups. And I only have a few follow-ups for you this time, but I think they're really interesting. And to be honest, I was looking at the analytics for this program, and uh, they're kind of (laughs) depressing. But uh, but to keep things positive, the 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 most listened to episode, particularly on uh, or specifically, those mean the same thing, right? Why would I correct myself? I don't know. I want to say specifically though. Uh, the, the listenership on Apple Podcasts, uh, the the episode that got the most listens was the was episode 10, the follow-up episode, which is real weird because if you haven't listened to the other episodes, what I mean, and I'm going, I'm following up on things, like what why do you care? But hey, I'm glad, and perhaps this follow-ups episode will 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 garner great listenership. But uh, let's get into some follow-ups. Pretty sure that was the meme report theme song. I think our budget's very low, so we're we're reusing theme songs. I want to apologize if you hear a bunch of like construction noise. I'm having a new wing put onto my house, uh, just just for my collection of art. So they're they're out there building it right now. So if you hear a bunch of construction, it's it's that. So I, I apologize. I want to start by following up on something I uh, asked about in episode 19. I actually asked the question aloud. Of where where do frog legs come from? Are there actual like farms where they're raising frogs for frog legs in restaurants? And that's when I was reading the menu from that uh, the restaurant that that pervert Chuck Berry, uh, America's rockinest pervert. He owned that restaurant and they had frog legs. And I said, well, are there farms where they uh, where they raise frogs? And uh, I looked it up and there is. There are, or there are, there is, there are, uh, and you, you won't believe it. It's, it's, there's a lot of, uh, bad things going on in these frog farms and, and you, you probably won't believe this, but I'll say it anyway. Apparently the worst atrocities at frog farms are happening in China. I know that just blew your mind. A country that has so many human rights violations, but also have frog rights violations is shocking, but apparently uh, frog farming, while it can be profitable, uh, I, apparently it requires you to be a huge piece of garbage. And, you know, I'm a meat eater. 
and I know nothing is, you know, when places say they ethically kill animals and stuff, I know, I know it's like, well, you're, I mean, is there, is there really a way to just kill? I mean, we're not, we're not, you know, we're not sending our, our hunters from our tribes out onto the plains to chase down cows that have a, like a fighting chance. And I understand that. So I don't think the, the vegan activists and things like that, that are all like, Oh, how could you be in support of animals being killed this way? You're not wrong. It's terrible. It is, it is awful. I agree with you. It's like, it's like, (laughs) I have to, I'm, but it's like, I don't know, man. It's like I'm hooked on the stuff. And I've always said meat. I'm talking about meat. <laughs> I'm, I suddenly start admitting to a drug addiction. Uh, I'm hooked on the stuff. And, uh, you know, I I don't feel bad about it. But I, um, I don't feel great about it. <laughs> um, who knows? I, I've always said I could be a pescatarian. I can't give up that sweet, sweet meat. I got to have that fish meat. Um, but you know, we'll see after my, you know, third heart attack, I may give up eating red meat. I don't eat a lot of red meat. I'm not trying to get in good with you now, vegans. I've just said, you're right. Uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. There's a lot about it. That's terrible. The end results are delicious. And I guess, I guess I just turned my brain off when I'm eating a hamburger. But the thing that really bothered me when I was doing some research on this frog farming, uh, there, you know, there's always, I looked up, I looked up frog farming FAQ. Uh, that stands for frequently asked questions. And one of the questions I guess it is frequently asked are how are frogs slaughtered? And this disturbed me. This was from AWI online. And uh, they, it, it says here that they are they meaning frogs are often skinned and have their snouts and rear legs cut off with scissors or a blade while still alive. Their torsos are then tossed aside in a pile of other bleeding frogs, and they endure a slow, agonizing death. That is f- fucking horrible, and I, I should have issued a trigger warning. I'm sorry if that triggered you. I'm just as bothered by that. Because here's what I don't understand. At Chuck Berry's restaurant, they had frog legs on the menu. I don't recall them having frog snouts on the menu. All right? So, why you're cutting off their snout, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what that's all about except that maybe you're a sadistic a sadistic frog murderer. Uh, and then while they're still alive, why, why, why do you have to do it while they're still alive? Like, I know, look, I know when they cook a lobster, usually, you know, it's alive and they toss it into the pot. Uh, and it's, it's just super fresh. Well, I mean, we could, we could, we could talk about lobsters in episode 30, the next follow up, but that kind of, I guess, Makes a sick kind of sense to a sick meat-eating freak like myself, but I mean, do, do places that serves frog legs? Or do they like here's your shipment of frogs, and they just like drop a like a carton of frogs off, and like ooh, these are going to be the freshest frogs ever. Cut, cut, toss, dead body. 
No, as far as I know, no. So this is, um, this is fucking awful. It's disgusting. And I also said in episode 19 that I didn't have a problem with uh, restaurants having frog legs on the menu. And I kind of do have a problem with it. You know, one thing, and I'm not trying to gain, get points from any vegetarians or vegans out there, but I don't eat veal. I refuse to eat it. And I, you know, I've been to fancy restaurants and they've said, is there anything you won't eat? And I always say veal. And at one place they served other people veal and I did not have it. And I was not even tempted. Uh, so, I mean, I, I do do that. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know if, if you're, if you're serving, so I don't like that, but if you're serving frog legs and, and this is how it's done, you know, I, I don't know. It just seems, look, my, my daughter hates frogs and I, I'm sure if I told her this, she would she would probably tear up. I'm not going to lie. I teared up a little too. So it's awful. Uh, you know, you know what nation, uh, in, on the planet eats the most frog legs. That's right. It's the French. So I'm calling you out French people. Uh, let's, let's ban the frog leg. Let's, let's no more frog legs. Although I feel like if I'm saying that we, we, we can't have, we can't have chickens or, or anything else. You know what that, that, uh, you know, slicing them up with scissors while they're still alive. What that reminds me of, remember there there was that story about that restaurant. They had this uh they had this delicious specialty of the house, uh, which was a it was like called like the dancing shrimp. And uh, you know, you get this shrimp and then you're like you squeeze lemon on it and the and the shrimp starts dancing around, like, hello, my baby, hello, my honey. Yeah, like a like a funny shrimp dance. The shrimp starts doing a little uh, break dance routine. Well, it turns out it's because it it was doing that. Because the shrimp was still alive and it was in horrible, horrible pain. And while you uh, clapped along, while you and your family clapped your pudgy hands along with the, with the dancing shrimp, it was, it was in hell. Uh, what was that? What? And I think that restaurant stopped serving the dancing shrimp. Um, dancing shrimp. Let's see here. This was some sick shit. Yeah, there you go. So it's, um, I don't know if this is exactly what I was thinking of, but this is Adori Ibi, which is Japanese for dancing shrimp. It's a sushi delicacy of Japan and a form of sashimi. The sushi contains baby shrimp that are still alive and able to move their legs and antenna while being eaten. The meal is prepared quickly to keep the shrimp alive. And when it is eaten, the shrimp are usually dunked into sake so as to intoxicate the shrimp and then into a special dipping sauce, and finally quickly chewed to kill it. Uh, that is very, very troubling. I, You know, I don't know. If you grew up eating that and it's normal to you, I mean, I guess that's... I mean, I'm not going to judge, but I don't know. I, I don't want to badmouth people who this is just what they do. All right. Holy shit, this is a comedy podcast. Let's get back to the fun. In episode 19, I talked almost exclusively about celebrity-owned restaurants. We had a lot of fun reading bad reviews, reading menu items. And at one point, I was I was declaring, it was while I was declaring Guy Fieri the, the champion of, of naming menu items, I think. Something like that. The undisputed king of awesomely named 
items on a menu, something in that vein. I made a joke because he had something called Motley Q, which was a pulled pork sandwich, uh, but but the name was a take on the band Motley Crew. You get it? Did you get it? <laughs> and I said, I bet if Motley Crew owned owned a restaurant, or I said, I bet if they, I bet they do, and they don't even have anything like named like something cool. They probably just call it a pulled pork sandwich. Nah, you know, boring. <laughs> I was at Motley Crue's restaurant. I thought I was gonna. I thought it was gonna be something awesome. Uh, but I, I. So I. I wanted to see if that was true. I, I didn't want to badmouth the the good-hearted men of Motley Crue without doing my research. And so it turns out Motley Crue's Vince Neil has owned several restaurants over the years. One in particular. was opened way back in 2008. And uh, I have to say, uh, all apologies, <laughs> Mr. Neal. Uh, the first restaurant Vince Neal opened up, or the first one I found, in 2008 was called Dr. Feelgood's Rock Bar and Grill. This is an article from blabbermouth.net. To celebrate the grand opening of the much-anticipated Dr. Feelgood's Rock Bar and Grill, the owners are inviting the public to a free street party and concert by rock legend Vince Neil, Molly Crew's famous frontman and a co-owner of the project. Named after Molly Crew's best-selling album, Dr. Feelgood... Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> Named after Motley Crue's best-selling album, Dr. Feelgood's will be an attention-grabbing, rock-and-roll-themed restaurant and nightclub located at this, at this place. Uh, this was opened uh, in Florida, I think. Yeah, West, uh, in West Palm Beach. We strongly believe that downtown West Palm Beach is the perfect location to launch the first Feelgood's. Uh, the concept is a natural fit for the distinctive feel of the Clematis District. I guess that's the district that it was in in West Palm Beach. And the timing is just right with the revitalization of downtown and the waterfront and the renewed energy you can feel on the streets. And when, and when you feel that, when you feel that hot energy on the streets of, of, uh, of West Palm Beach, it's time to, uh, when, when the good vibes start, it's time to get Motley Crue out there. Because they are the original party band. And very, very respectful of women. <laughs> um, so he did open Feel Goods Rock Bar and Grill. And I was looking for um, like menu items. But uh, I, I couldn't find any menu items. I, and I, I looked real hard. But what I was able to find was this follow-up article from the Palm Beach Post... Uh, you know, cause I was like, I wonder how, you know, I wonder how feel goods rock bar and girls doing. I mean, it's 2023, uh, people still love the kick-ass music of Motley Crue. They still love going to rock and roll themed restaurants and, 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 and bars that are blasting eighties hair metal. And I found this article from November 28th, 2013. Uh, the headline here is end of the line for Dr. Feelgoods. Oh no. Say it ain't so West Palm beach. 
you didn't that you didn't take to Doctor Feelgood. You you rejected Doctor Feelgood like like some people reject new organs. Just was not it was not the it was not the fit for Clamat Clamidia Street no Clematis Street West Palm Beach that everybody thought it was going to be. Let's look at this article. It says it's been a good run for Doctor Feelgood's Rock Bar and Grill, but the nightclub impresario Cleve Mash. He was one of the co-owners, said it's time for a change. The rock and roll bar, which counted Motley Crue frontman Vince Neil as a partner, will host its last night and closing party on December 7th. Oh, I had to remind myself, 2013, so we missed it, guys. We missed it. After that, the place will be shuttered, knocked to the ground, and salt will be sewn into the... I'm kidding. <laughs> it's my go-to. It's my go-to joke. It's not a good one. Plans are to reopen in February as the Pawn Shop Lounge, a concept from Miami that closed several years ago when the building was purchased by a government entity. So we're gonna we're gonna take a concept in the much hipper, cooler town of Miami. Uh, Miami was like, nah, we don't want this. We don't want this concept anymore. Let's give it to West Palm Beach, the Pawn Shop Lounge. Um, ex- uh, the, at the Pawn Shop Lounge. Expect a new sound system, pawn shop-like decor, <laughs> and entertainment surprises. I think the biggest surprise is you're expected to have fun and dance and hang out with, with your friends and pick up ladies or pick up men uh, and listen to some hot new tracks on the new sound system in a, in a place that looks like a pawn shop. Uh, when I go to a pawn shop, I don't want to do a bunch of drinking and dirty dancing. I want to buy some uh, some memorabilia, some Civil War guns. <laughs> I've never I've never really been to a pawn shop. I want to buy a I want to buy an electric guitar amp. Anyway, Doctor Feelgoods didn't last, and the and in its place in, in in its in this place in this place that on one of the beams inside this restaurant, you have to look this up. Maybe I'll put a picture on our Instagram uh, Giant Pinky Podcast. On one of the beams, ostensibly holding up the roof to do, uh, to Dr. Feelgood's, uh, there's this huge, like, snake, like, wrapped around the beams. Like, it's not, it's not a live snake. It's not a real snake. It's like a ceramic snake or something, paper mache. And it's coiled around one of the, uh, one of the beams. And that's badass. And uh, that's not going to, I don't know. I don't think there's huge, huge snakes hanging out at pawn shops. So I would love to see what I'll have to look up what that pawn pawn shop thing looks like. And that's probably long closed as well. <laughs> I think we can just assume that. But but Vince Neal was not he was not uh, he was not done. He was not done opening restaurants. But instead of Palm Beach, he said Palm Beach, Palm Beach just wasn't ready for the Vince for for Vince Neal. Just weren't ready for me. So he's, he took it out to Las Vegas, and this is an article from Loudwire. This comes from November 6, 2013, so he's already out. He's already out in Vegas while, while, his, while, the, while, uh, while Feel Goods is, is, is falling down around uh, Mr. Mash's feet. Vince Neal's like, I got things to do out in Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby, Vegas. What happens here is stays here. <laughs> Uh, when Circus Circus in Las Vegas wanted to rebrand their Rockin' Rita's restaurant, they didn't have to look much further. 
than Motley Crue's Vince Neil to provide the inspiration. He really is the inspiration for a whole generation of people. Neil, now a resident of the Sin City, has been doing a great job of leaving his mark around Vegas, which I think, I'm reading between the lines, I think he's been arrested for public, uh, for public, uh, for relieving himself on a, on a public sidewalk. <laughs> With his own Vegas tattoo shop and brown, brand of alcohol, the pairing only seemed natural, as Neil is offering up his rock and roll vibe to fuel two new ventures, the restaurant, Vince Neil's Tatuado Eat Drink Party, and its upstairs venue. Get ready for this. Vince Neil's Party Bus Bar. I mean, come on. If there's anything more fun than a party bus, I've never seen it. Uh, and so, right. So you could, so that was the new, that was his new venture. It was the, it was the tat. Tattoo Vince Neil's tatuado eat drink and party, and I was I was trying to figure out what what a, like I was like is a tatuado like a kind of eatery uh, like a Tex Mex eatery, but I think it's just I think it's Spanish for tattooed. These these guys love love throwing tattoo tattoo stuff in their in their restaurants. You, you'd think they love tattoos. So as we all know, second time's a charm. That's what the saying is, I believe. Uh, so, uh, Eater Las Vegas uh, gave us an article. This is from September 21st, 2018. This was a first look inside rocker Vince Neal's new bar and restaurant. So, I thought we'd take a little look at that. And I got to tell you, the outside of it looks... It looks like a place you'd, you wouldn't... You'd just drive by. I mentioned uh, in a previous episode that I... Uh, my family, we go to North Myrtle Beach a lot. And, uh, you know, North Myrtle Beach is sort of like Myrtle Beach's, like, quieter, more elderly cousin. But it's still, like, it's not, it does, there's not as much of a party vibe there. But there's still, like, all kind of like the, you know, when you drive down the main drag, it's still kind of, like, trashy. And it's fun, but it's like, you know, it's not, it's just kind of trashy. And this kind of looks like any of the restaurants on that main drag in North Myrtle Beach that you kind of would just go, oh, there's a restaurant I'll never eat at. I, there's nothing, there's really nothing. The, Vince Neal's name on it, is, name's on it. But if you didn't know who Vince Neal was, I mean, I don't know how many people exist that don't know who Vince Neal is. You'd just be like, eat, drink, party? <laughs> Trying a little hard. And I'll be honest, it said there, it said before there was the party bus bar that was the second floor. This this looks like a one, this looks like a one floor, floor situation. <laughs> Well, here we go. Here's the article. Quicker than expected, Motley Crue star and solo rocker Vince Neil is almost ready to debut his latest restaurant and bar on Tropicana Avenue. And the Gaming Tavern has been sharing a first look ahead of an imminent opening day. A sequel to his four-year-old venue at Circus. Oh, okay. So this is... Uh, this is uh, So Circus Circus is where the... Uh, the party bus is. Okay, I get it. So Eat Drink Party is at Circus Circus. And now here's here's the freestanding eat drink party. Okay, excellent. So we don't have to you don't have to go into the uh, into Circus Circus to enjoy Vince Neal's delicious uh food offerings. You can go to his restaurant, which right here, I'm looking at the inside here. Uh, you know, it looks like the inside of a Quiznos. Only there's pictures of Vince Neal everywhere. So imagine going to a Quiznos. But while you're eating your uh, classic Italian, you can look up at a picture of Vince Neil in his heyday and, and be like, mm-hmm, yep, 
awesome. Give it the old devil fingers. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of Vince Neil pictures here. There's just a lot of Vince Neil pictures. <laughs> oh, brother. All right, this is what we're here for, though. Let's look at this. Let's look at this menu. Did Vince Neil break the curse of the of the celebrity rocker restaurant? And did he name some of his uh, offerings? Did he give him like Motley Crue themed names, like or like even fun rock and roll names? Well, I'm going to tell you one place where he did not really. Like, first of all, the appetizers, they're just called starters. They're not even party starters. Toby, Keith, at least, uh, wanted us to start the party right by calling them party starters. I will say this, though. If you want to order chicken wings at Eat, Pray, Party, Eat, Drink, Party, sorry, you're going to order, they're called Wangs, W-A-N-G-S. You're going you're gonna to ask for an order of the Wangs. No, I get it. You're doing it like kind of cool. Like, I'll have the wangs. But, it, you know, it's spelled wang, and that's a penis. So you're ordering a basket full of penises. <laughs> you're not really. It's chicken wings. All right. So, so, so far, while the, while the um, you know, I've, I've go, I'm, I'm going through the salads here. It's your standard salads. You know, Caesar. We all know that. You know, we all know what that is. Wedge. I love a wedge salad, but boy, missed opportunity. There's got to be something rocking. Soups. Just just regular soups. Nothing too great. All right, let's head down to the entrees. Here we go. And, and entrees, according to the, the menu at Eat, Pray, Love. At Party Rock. What is it called? I'm, I really don't know. Eat, Drink, Party. Well, those are, that's my... That's my personal saying. Like, that's what I say all the time. That's how I live my life. Eat, drink, party. So I don't, I don't know why I can't keep it in my, keep it in my head. Uh, no, there's literally no fun names for anything. For Vince Neil. And you wonder why all your, yes, yeah, spoiler alert. This restaurant's closed too. This restaurant's closed. You, you go to this standalone eat, pray, love restaurant now. It's a, it's a fucking Italian restaurant. Mangia Italiano, which that's got to be the most boring name for an Italian restaurant I've ever heard in my life. And you know what's on the menu? Probably exactly what you'd expect. Just a bunch of boring-ass pasta dishes, a slab of sweaty lasagna, uh, some fucking breadsticks. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Vince Neal. Maybe next time, you know, maybe next time open a Quiznos. <laughs> All right, that's a follow-up on uh, uh, Motley Crue's Restaurant Woes. I, I got to tell you, I was right. Uh, Guy Fieri, you still, you still are the king, the king of menus. Let's do a couple more quick follow-ups. First of all, in episode 11, I kept referring to the new Transformers movie as like Beast Wars or something. Whatever whatever was going on, I was I was calling it the wrong name. And 
some people thought that was kind of rude. So I wanted to just come on here and say that the upcoming Transformers movie, the, the newest, latest Transformers movie, is called Transformers Rise of the Beasts. So I'm sorry if my deliberate misnaming of the film made any Transformers fans angry. Uh, that was not my intention. I've got a very checkered past with the Transformers. I'm not a huge fan. When I was a young boy, there was a Christmas where I got like three Transformers dolls for Christmas. And I was like, I was just like knocking them together and like jerking them around. And I was like, I can't, I can't Transformer these things. I can't do it. And I got so frustrated and I went to my dad. I said, Dad, I think these Transformers dolls are broken. I can't, I can't make them turn into robots. Or, or did they come as robots and you turned them into... See, I can't even remember. I was so crossed up inside. So I was like, Dad, you got to transform these dolls for me because I can't do it. And my dad was like, hey, you know what, son? I love you. Let me, let me try to transform these dolls for you. And, and he broke them. He broke all three of them. So, and I was upset. And that was the day that I, I said, you know, um, my dad is disappointed in me. <laughs> no, no, actually, that was, that was the day I said, I don't like these Transformers because they, they cannot, they're, they're weak. They're weak. They can't hold up to the wrath of my gentle, loving father. And then years later, I've had friends who are Transformers, like, freaks. They love Transformers. And my wife... When we were just dating, she lived with her roommate, and he had, he had like the DVD box set of like all the old Transformers cartoons, and I was like, you know what, it's time, it's time that I give Transformers a fair shake. So I was, I asked if I could borrow it. He said, you absolutely can. This is all, this is true. I took the DVDs home, uh, and I sat down in my apartment. And I put DVD, I put the first DVD in to watch the very first episode of the Transformers cartoon. And I literally watched five minutes of it. And it was the worst garbage I'd ever seen in my life. And I took it out. And I think maybe I waited a little while to give the illusion that I watched it before I gave it back. I certainly didn't want to be insulting. And I didn't want to be insulting by repeatedly and I admittedly on purpose, I kept calling it different things because I don't care. And did you know the new Transformers Rise of the Beast is two hours and 16 minutes long? I don't know. Maybe to Transformers fans, that's heaven. Uh, they, get to, they get to watch their favorite robots battle it out on the big screen for, for two hours. I don't know. Now, hang on real quick. Is this movie already out? There's reviews here on, on Google. It's got a 4.3 on Google. Let's see. This person gave it five stars. This is Max Ruda is his name. Four hours ago he saw this thing. And he said, Transformers Rise of the Beasts is an absolute cinematic masterpiece that left me awestruck from start to finish. This film transcends expectations, delivering a mind-blowing experience that forever altered my perception of blockbuster entertainment. 
The seamless blend of breathtaking visual effects, heart-pounding action sequences, and a captivating storyline immersed me in a world where humans and Transformers coexist. The depth of character development and emotional resonance brought tears to my eyes as I witnessed the transformative journeys of both Autobots and Decepticons. The impeccable direction and stellar performance elevated the film to new heights, leaving an indelible impact on my soul. Transformers Rise of the Beast is a game changer, pushing the boundaries of storytelling and leaving an enduring imprint on my life. This film is an absolute must-see for anyone craving an extraordinary cinematic experience. That, wow. Wow. I'm not even, I'm not, I'm just reading it. I'm not making fun of it. I'm not commenting on his commentary. That might, you might have, you, Mr. Ruda, you may have just sold the ticket. You may have just sold the ticket. I might see Transformers, Beast, Beast Time. I might see it now. In fact, I'm supposed to take my daughter to see The Little Mermaid this weekend, but I think we're going to change it up and hit Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Uh, th there's they're not all they're not all great reviews. Here's one from Evan Harris. He gave it one star, and let's see what Mr. Harris said. Boring, dumb, zero plot or character development, and shaky storyline. Subtle references from Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. <laughs> really? Does someone at one point swing on a vine with a bunch of monkeys? Because uh, that'd, be, that'd be weird. I think there is a giant robot monkey in Rise of the Beasts. I think I, I, think I saw that in the trailer. Anyway, apparently there's subtle references uh, from the Crystal Skull... And they really show you the depths of this franchise changes and far chances. I don't, I don't understand that, Mr. Harris. The final tour transporter scene also gives immense Suron Tower vibes. One, I'm sorry if that's a spoiler. Two, does he mean Sauron? Now, the Lord of the Rings, I know a little something about. If Sauron shows up in this thing, I mean... I mean, come on, you're selling it to me too. It's a movie where things pop out and you pop in and out of the plot and ultimately leaves you wondering what's going on. CGI seemed somehow weaker for a movie franchise built upon it and relies on it. Hmm. Also, no callbacks or cameos? No shared history? It had prequel elements and sometimes sequel parts. Well, I thought this one was a prequel. I thought Beast Wars was a prequel. So that maybe you just maybe you missed the train on that one. Do yourself a favor and go see the new Spider-Man movie and ignore this rise of a monstrosity. And that's that's fun. Yeah, I want to see that new Spider-Man movie. Uh oh, and G.I. Joe, really? Now, if he's implying that G.I. Joe shows up at some point in this, I'm I really might see this movie. I, I'm I was into G.I. Joe about as much as I was into the into the Transformers. But can you imagine them like coming together? That that actually is cool. Especially if they're coming together to fight the hungry, hungry hippos. What's for lunch? It's hungry, hungry hippos! Hungry, hungry hippos!
In episode 15, we talked about all the different popular sex positions from the different uh, states here uh, in the United States of America. And I got that list from Bespoke Surgical. And I realized I never explained what Bespoke Surgical is. And what it is, is they are a private proctological and anal plastic surgery practice based in New York City. So some of the things they do are anal restoration. Um, They do laser hair removal. Uh, Anal bleaching, I know that's like a big thing that people really enjoy, anal bleaching. That was like a big thing. And uh, I think the most, uh, the coolest thing, and something I'd never heard of, is something called a butt facial. You can get a butt facial over at Bespoke Surgical. And uh, it's basically just a treatment for your butt. Uh, They can be beneficial for cleansing those tough-to-reach spots and targeting a variety of skincare concerns such as clogged pores, breakouts, acne, ingrown hairs, sun damage, and hyperpigmented skin. That can happen anywhere on your body, really. And Bespoke is going to help you specifically with those types of issues when they happen on your butt. Your butt should always look its best. Your anus should always look its best. So Bespoke Surgical, that's what they're there for. And then in episode uh, 19... I mentioned bespoke candy. It's weird that bespoke, that word keeps coming up. Bespoke candy was the candy you could get from Jessica Beale's restaurant. And I was like, is that, what does that mean? Is that a, well, I don't know if this is actually it because this is from, this is a place in Maryland, but I don't know. Maybe Jessica Beale is from Maryland and loves the uh, chocolate from this place called bespoke chocolate. But uh, at bespoke chocolate, man, they got, I mean, come on, who doesn't like chocolate? There's some delicious looking treats on here. Uh, they have fresh fudge. I wonder if they have any of that butter beer fudge. Hang on, real quick. I, I doubt that's really something everybody has. Uh, they do have raspberry lemonade flavored fudge. I don't know. If, eh, I don't know if that interests me, to be honest. Uh, there was one other thing called old fashioned favorite or old time favorites. What's an old-time favorite? Uh, Peanut butter cups, yeah. Mints, toasted coconut clusters, buttercreams, chocolate-covered pretzels. Oh, that's good. Caramels and toffee, plus chocolate-covered delights such as Oreos, marshmallows, orange peels, and ginger. And it's dipped fresh in the store. Wow. So two great, as far as I'm concerned, two great companies, Bespoke Chocolate and Bespoke Surgical. And I just backed into both of them, no pun intended. Okay, that's going to do it for episode 20 of Giant Electric Penguin. I did want to say, last night I went to a middle school choir concert, and one, it was legitimately good. I enjoyed the evening, the songs were great, uh, the kids did a great job. I will say, there were, something happened that really kind of moved me. Uh, no, this isn't a joke. Uh, I know I do a lot of jokey fun times here, but this, this is honest, and uh, it, I, thought, I found it kind of interesting. Uh, during one of the, there were some different um, choirs that you know performed, and there was, during one of them, a young man who was kind of in the front row, and during the second song that they were singing, 
I guess he kind of got a little overheated standing up there on the risers and he, he fainted and he fell right on his face, just slammed like hard onto the stage. And uh, it was shocking. It, it's the kind of thing that you, you know, you see a video on YouTube and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, you don't feel good about it, but you kind of giggle because you saw, you know, somebody pass out or, or fall down or like crash and hurt their crotch or something like that. Uh, but when you see it in in real life, it's not. It's actually not. Uh, it's actually not funny. Weird that it took me forty four years to realize that. What what I wanted to say though is when that happened, you know, you're in a room that's full of parents, but also middle schoolers who would just came to check out the show. Maybe they have a friend in one of the choirs, or whatever. And when this kid fell and kind of like bashed his face onto the ground. And, you know, they ushered him out and everything. And, uh, and by the way, he was okay. They took him in the office. They got him some water. Uh, he was just overheated and kind of dehydrated. Uh, but there was nobody laughed. There was no, no laughs of derision from the audience, uh, from any of the middle schoolers in the audience. No, nothing like that. It was, it was concern. When we found out he was okay, we all clapped. So uh, it made me feel good. All, you know, all you hear about, and I hear about it from my own daughter, <laughs> is that... You know, middle school is uh, is terrible. It it was pretty bad when I was in middle school, but it seems like school is like even worse now, just from what I hear. And to see something like that happen was 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 frankly quite moving, and it it really I don't know. It gave me hope for the next generation. So uh, I wanted to say I enjoyed that concert, and I enjoyed seeing middle schoolers not you know laugh at one of their own. Uh, and, and also that stuff, it, that, that's rough stuff. Not funny. Felt bad for that kid. Also felt bad for, there was a girl who had a solo in that song and she was probably the best singer of the night. And I think probably that is going to be the most memorable thing people took away from the concert. But on the other level, you know, the reaction from the crowd was commendable. And I just wanted to say, yay, all of us. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Anyway, that's the show. Uh, write to us at giantpengypodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Instagram, giantpengypodcast. I'm losing my voice, so I'm going to say goodbye and see you next time.